Lager's Carpool is brought to you by Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First off, it's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast as well, with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Lakers Carpool. My name is James Brooks. I'm your host. Thanks again for joining me on my drive to work on this Tuesday morning. We've got a couple things to get into. A couple games for the Lakers. One win, one loss, one scary injury, an injury update. Let's get into it. All right. Well, the Lakers had two games over the weekend, if you count Friday as the weekend. They played the Memphis Grizzlies on Friday, where they got the win. Um, was a good win overall. Was a frustrating game to say the least to start off. Um, Lakers got down twenty. I think it was twenty-two to two in the first quarter, or at least twenty to two. There was a. The Lakers could not hit a shot. They couldn't get a stop. They couldn't put any stops together with points. It was just. An awful start for the Lakers against the Memphis Grizzlies on Friday. Yet, they worked their magic. They made a comeback. And, spoiler alert, ended up winning that game by 10 points. I think it was 115 to 105. Um, pretty wild. So, I was, you know, I watched most of the game. I, wa- I watched through like the third quarter. And then we got some late night sushi with some friends on Friday. So, missed the fourth quarter. I kind of thought the game was a loss, lost cause, thought the Lakers were going to lose. Um, and they ended up coming back. And not only they came back from a 20 point deficit to win the game by 10 points. That's just absolutely insane. Anthony Davis had 35 points. LeBron James had 28 points. Cal Kuzma had 20 points. Um, turned out to be a really good game for the Lakers and those guys. They really turned it on. I think they. They had their lowest scoring quarter in the first quarter where they only had, gosh, what did they, I think they had under 20 points, like 18 points or something like that. Anyways, they had their lowest scoring, lowest scoring quarter of the season in the first quarter, and they had their highest scoring quarter of the season in the fourth quarter, scoring 41 points in the fourth quarter. So the Lakers absolutely turned it on and got the win and took care of business against the Memphis Grizzlies. Um, really, I mean, good. it was good to see Anthony Davis get going offensively, scoring 35 points. Um, I mean, LeBron James has been a pretty much a mainstay on the Lakers. He's like the one, he's like the one consistent guy on the team this season so far, and he, with 28 points and just playing well. And then good to see Kyle Kuzma get up there in the stat sheet with 20 points. He's been playing great so far. He's had he's just been playing really good defense. He's been he's kind of been playing that hustle position for the Lakers. Kind of that like it's funny to say, but 
you know, kind of like that Dennis Rodman, Ron Artest position where, I mean, Cal Kuzma's not like a mean guy. Like, he's not a, he's not a, he's not the, he, you don't, when you look at Cal Kuzma, when you see his game, you don't think of Dennis Rodman or Ron Artest. Like, he's not like a mean guy. He's not going to, he's not going to like play dirty necessarily. Um, he kind of comes off as like this nice guy that's just out there having fun, trying to compete and play and whatever. But the way he's getting rebounds, well, the way he's getting offensive rebounds, um, the way he's locking down guys on defense, I would argue is Ron Artest, Dennis Rodman-esque. You know, it's not – I'm not saying that he is that. I'm just saying, like, it, it, there's shades of it there. And it's good to see him contributing in a way that, you know, we don't need – Cal Kuzma to score 20 points a night. We don't need him to score 25 points a night. Um, you know, I think the sweet spot for Cal Kuzma on this team is, you know, 10 to 15 points and upwards of 10 rebounds, you know, 10 rebounds, 10 points, 10 to 15 points. And I think that's a great game from Cal Kuzma on this Lakers team. So good to see him though you know get points and and fill up the stat sheet and and play well so good win for the Lakers overall against Memphis um the one well the one like Twitter news thing from that game was LeBron uh flopped apparently I mean I saw I didn't see it in the game I think I must have missed it um but I ended I saw a video of it on Twitter it was but it was a bad flop you know I saw people saying that in LeBron's defense that you know John Moran had a flop almost just as bad earlier in the game um I don't know I didn't see that one either but and I couldn't find any video of that one so whatever but LeBron got a warning from the league for flopping it was a bad flop what are you gonna you know I mean I would say a good argument would be that the refs should not call a foul on that. Like it's a, it was just a blatant flop. No one touched him. Go there, going up for a rebound. They, they had two Grizzly guys around him. He was kind of close to one of them, but no one even touched him. And he like pretended like he got hit with like an elbow or something. Um, and he got the call. So like you know, from a finessing the game standpoint, yeah, you could say like it was a smart play or something. But, I mean, that should be on the refs for calling that, right? Like, LeBron shouldn't even get away with something like that. No player should get away with anything like that, um, especially a guy like LeBron. And I get, I mean, I don't know. I might be crazy. I might be, I might have turned into a biased LeBron guy or something because he's on the Lakers now, but I don't know. I I think, and I know, I know throughout the course of, his career, LeBron, is in, like, I don't have it in front of me, but I, it's, like, the top 10, probably, in free throw attempts in his career. Part of that is because he's played, you know, more than a lot of, he's, not only has he played more, he's played more minutes, and he's played, he's had a long career, more than a lot of people, but, you know, it's also because he's getting fouled, but when I watch him on the Lakers, like, Every time LeBron drives to the basket, he probably could get a foul call. 
And I would say like 10% of the time he gets that foul call. Like if we're counting every single time he drives to the hoop. I mean, not, okay, realistically not every time he's getting fouled. But I would say like 70% of the time I feel like he's getting, he's getting hit enough that like if another player that was smaller than him got hit in the same way, they would call the foul. But because he's so big, he kind of goes, he moves through the arms and the touches and the hands that it doesn't look like a foul but you or he doesn't make it look like a foul but then you watch the replay and he's getting hit and grabbed and whatever you know so like from what I from and again this is just based on my eyes me watching the game I think that LeBron does not and again this is my time watching LeBron with the Lakers so from 2019 to today my my put or my opinion is that LeBron does not get a lot of foul calls when he's driving to the hoop. Now he might get them when he's like pulling up for a jumper, like he might get dumb fouls like that, but like when he's driving to the hoop, he does not get the fouls. He does not get the calls that are technically fouls. So when I see LeBron flop or when I hear people argue like, "Oh, LeBron, he shouldn't, you know, like people don't like LeBron because he throughout his career has flopped and he's, he's had some egregious ones like like Friday night um, where he doesn't even get touched and he's acting all uh, like he got hit or elbowed in the face or something um, my my I can I could understand him feeling the need to flop a little bit because of how much he gets hit going down to the basket and stuff now I would expect him to flop more when he's driving to the lane, but if he flops while he's driving to the hoop for a layup or a dunk and he flops, he's probably going to miss it, so like that's why he doesn't do it. So it would make more sense if he flopped while he was driving to the hoop because that's where he gets most of his contact. But I also could understand if you're driving to the hoop and you're getting hacked and hit and you feel like you're not getting you're not getting at least a fair amount of calls that I can see, you know, feeling the need to flop in other situations as well. So that's like, that would be my only, like, argument for why he does that or why he has done that. Now, again, I'm not saying that it, it's right or whatever, but, I, it, you know, it's not, I, I think there's room for some understanding when it comes to the flopping situation with LeBron. And again, like, yes, give him a warning for flopping, but also give the give your referees a warning for calling that a foul because you had a ref standing right there and no one touched it from the if they were watching from the tv angle now it would look like he got hit and that it was a foul but watching from the baseline view he didn't get touched so give the refs a warning for not giving for calling that a foul give lebron a warning for flopping um and you know and then just move on and and i think like I don't know. If I was LeBron, again, like, I think not a lot of things phase him because he is who he is. He's the best player in the league. Um, he doesn't I, – I would imagine he doesn't feel like he needs people's, like, approval. And I get that vibe from him too. But, you know, I would think that, like, getting called out for flopping like that would be kind of an embarrassing thing. So hopefully keeps him in check, keeps him from doing that because, I don't know, it's not good for – I don't – I think at the end of the day flopping is not good for the game. I think most people would agree with that. I think that, you know, when you're driving to the hoop 
and you get fouled, you're going, you know, and you don't think you're, you don't have a chance to like finish through or whatever, you might exaggerate things a little bit to try and get that call. There is some room for that where you're trying to like show that you're getting fouled because not it's not always obvious. Um, you know, I think there's some room for that, but I think for the most part, flopping just is not good for the game. Um, and I mean, we see it with Trey Young, like Trey Young, he's awful, right? Like, and it's a different kind of flopping, right? Like, I would, I would argue that the, like, what Trey Young does, if you don't know, is he, he'll get like a screen or drive around a guy. He'll get the guy behind him, and then he'll just stop, so that the guy like, it would be almost like if you're in a car and you had someone on your, you know, following you, and you just slammed on the brakes, and that car rear-ended you. And then you're like, oh, you have to pay for my damage because you rear-ended me, right? Which, like, I don't know. But, so anyways, that's what Trey Young does, right? So he he gets people on his back, and then, and then he, like, stops on a dime. They run into him, and then he shoots it. And then the refs call a shooting foul, right? So, like, I would argue that that is a different form of flopping. Like, it's... It's basically like it's. I mean, it's not. It's not flopping in the same way that like LeBron flopped on Friday night, right? Where you're just faking it completely. Like, like Trey Young is forcing people to hit him or make contact with him. So it's different, but it's it has the same effect in my opinion. Where you're creating something that's not actually there, right? Like the defender is not. The defender's not running into you, or they're not trying to run into you, and I don't know. It's it's a it's definitely an, a good a good conversation, a good discussion. Personally, I think it's bad for the game in the same way that flopping is bad for the game. It just creates stoppages. It it creates things that aren't there. But you know, if the the th- that's the thing is if the if the referees are going to call those fouls, then keep doing it, right? Like if it's if the NBA decides that what Trey Young is doing is within the game, you know, is within the rules of the game, then there's no reason not to take advantage of it. And that's why, and that's the same thing with flopping, right? Like, if if flopping gets calls, right? Like, LeBron flopped, didn't get touched, and got a foul call. The referees are saying that, like, that is within the rules of the game, and it shouldn't be. So, like... It's just as, in my opinion, with these types of things, it's just as much on the refs as it is on the players that are doing it. So I think that, because, like, if I'm a player and, and I see Trey Young doing what he's doing and getting, like, 30 free throws a game because of it, then why wouldn't I do that? And I think I've seen, you know, from what I haven't heard anything from the NBA or from reporters or anything, but from what I've seen, I think that the NBA and the referees are cracking down a little bit on the Trey Young type stuff. Where I, I know when I was when I was watching the the Lakers play the Hawks a few weeks ago, most of the time that Trey Young did that, they called it. They did they did call a foul, but they would call it on the floor, like not a shooting foul. So I think that could be a good um, middle ground for that type of play, where like the defender is still running into you, so in that sense it's a foul, but maybe shouldn't be a shooting foul because he's behind you and you're dribbling and then you stop and he runs into you and then you shoot it like I get the continuation thing but also 
my I agree that like that probably should be uh, a non-shooting foul. So that if that is what they're doing, then that's great. I don't know for sure. That's just what I've noticed. So I think the NBA is trying to crack down on that. And of course, the NBA cracks down on flopping. You know, if you continue doing it, they'll fine you. So that's good. Um, and I and I think this, I think LeBron did deserve a warning for that flop. It was pretty egregious, like I said. So, anyways, that was the big kind of like the big Twitter news to come out from that group, that game against the Grizzlies. But all in all, Lakers got the win. Um, you know, I saw a lot of people joking around on Twitter that the like. <laughs> Lakers have at least recently they you know don't really they wait to kick things up until they're down by 20 which we've seen a couple times in some of these recent games um, against like the Thunder and against I mean, the Grizzlies on Friday and um, it, it's just funny because I think it's kind of true where the Lakers they really are it's crazy how good they are because there is I don't know they had no business winning that game on Friday. I thought that game was done. I thought it was a wash after the third quarter. It just seemed like the Lakers weren't getting into it. They got down by so so much. They they did make a comeback. They got close, but they weren't really like they weren't really. Um, well, I guess while I was watching, they they did end up taking the lead. They, I think they had like a one or two point lead when I left. So they did they did come come back while I was watching. But I just didn't know, right? Because the Lakers were playing so poorly early on. The Grizzlies were... I mean, the Grizzlies shot... So they shot... They were shooting, like, almost 60% from the field after the first quarter and, like, into the second quarter. Um, so it's kind of crazy that... I mean, it makes sense that, that they didn't keep up shooting 60% for the entire game. So, I don't know. A little in-game regression makes sense for considering that. So... It just shows how good the Lakers are that they can go down 20 to two in the first quarter, have their worst scoring quarter to start a game, uh, you know, be down going into halftime, and then come back and win the game by 10. I mean, winning the game by 10 that's pretty a pretty handed uh, victory. So, a uh, good win for the Lakers on Friday against the Grizzlies. We're gonna take a break and then I'm gonna get into the game on Sunday against the Denver Nuggets. Welcome back. I'm going to get into the game against the Denver Nuggets that took place on Sunday. Um, I am, I mean, as you know, I am driving. It is very, very windy outside, so I apologize if things are extra loud in the background. I mean, they're always a little loud in the background, but if it's extra loud, it's because it's kind of windy. So, anyways getting into the game on Sunday. So Sunday was Valentine's Day. I will admit I did not watch most of the Denver Nuggets game. At least I caught the second half of it. I missed the first half, um, but didn't really miss much. It seems like the big news in that game, might as well just get into it, is Anthony Davis got injured. He, in the second quarter, I believe, was driving against Jokic, and he kind of pulled up hobbled off to the baseline, started grabbing his Achilles. If you don't know, Anthony Davis missed a few games uh, last week or throughout the last couple weeks. He missed a few games due to an Achilles, like, tendinosis, tendinitis, like a swelling, basically, in the Achilles. Um, And 
he was cleared to play. I mean, he played Friday night. He played well, 35 points, like I mentioned. Um, and he was cleared to play on Sunday in Denver. And he, yeah, so he pulls up. He walks off to the baseline, grabbing his Achilles and the entire NBA and Lakers fans, well, mostly Lakers fans, but all go in a frenzy wondering what happened. And so he leaves the game. He left the game, did not come back. I think most people, including myself, just, I was just, I don't know. I was telling myself that it was probably an Achilles tear because, well, I didn't want to have my hopes crushed more than they were at the moment. So I was assuming the worst in the moment, um, just with how he was acting and stuff. I mean, if you look back, like, from what I've heard about an Achilles tear, it's one of the most painful injuries you can sustain as an athlete. Um, You can't walk. You, it's, you can feel it right away. I think that he was able to hobble off and walk. Um, but again, I mean, like, Kobe Kobe walked off, but he's also a badass. But, like, Kobe walked off. Like, you athletes can't – you can walk with an Achilles tear. It's, from what I understand, again, not a doctor, and I've never torn my Achilles, so I don't know. But um, from what I understand, it's very painful and very difficult to do so. And so it was hard to tell with him because he was walking, but I couldn't tell how hard it was. Um, one of my one of my buddies in this group chat who is like studying to be a doctor was kind of like getting vibes of like a torn Achilles based on how he was how he was favoring it and walking and stuff. So, you know, based on all that, seeing what I was seeing on Twitter, I was like, oh, I'm just assuming the worst. I think, like, I just got to tell myself he's done because if I hope for the best and it turns out that he's done then that would be even worse so anyways he leaves the game and uh, does not come back the Lakers just did not have it on Sunday night they got they were within you know they would get within 10 points and then they would get within they'd get within 10 points and then Denver would push it back up to like 18 points and then they get back within 10 then they get pushed back to 18 they just couldn't really get the game into single digits um, Denver shot well. Lakers did not shoot well. You know, there's a lot. There's a lot of excuses that can be made for that game, specifically, and also just in general for the Lakers this season, right? Like because of the shortened off season, um, playing all the way to the end, winning the championship, shortened off season, blah blah blah. I don't want to keep making those excuses necessarily. But I also feel like I have to, like, mention them. So there can be a lot of excuses made. I would say, like, specifically for that game, I think losing Anthony Davis was a shocker for the team in a way. I mean, he had been out. They'd been playing without him. He hadn't – he's not – he hasn't been fully healthy. So, so in that sense, like, I think that the Lakers are used to playing without him. But I think losing him in the second quarter, him not coming back, him potentially being an Achilles injury, I think the team might have been distracted from that a little bit. Like, you're more worried about your guy than you are about that one game. 
the Lakers already proved that they can beat Denver. Denver's a good team. They don't have the record to prove it. Jokic, he's having an MVP caliber um, season so far. Um, Jamal Murray, he's a, you know he's been inconsistent, but he's a good player still. Michael Porter Jr., he's a good player. Denver is a good team. They did, like I said, don't have the record to prove it, but I think, um, yeah, I just think like the Den- the Nuggets just played better. The Lakers didn't play well. They lost their one of their best players in the middle of the game. Um, it's kind of just was it just seemed, you know, the Lakers like against Memphis on Friday, down by twenty, come back, fight, win the game by ten. You got the vibe that the Lakers had it in them to do that while you're watching that game. On Sunday night, you just didn't get that vibe that the Lakers had that energy in them to put in the really to put in the effort needed to um, to win that game. So I don't know. I think again, it's a frustrating to get. It's frustrating to lose. We the Lakers proved that they can beat the Nuggets. They beat the Nuggets by like 15 in Stable Center. So. Not too worried about the loss, that one loss in particular. I think that hopefully it's a wake-up call. I think, you know, I always just hope every every loss the Lakers have this season is not like a wake-up, not necessarily a wake-up call, but more that just proof to them that, like, they if they put the effort in, they can win games. If they don't put the effort in, they'll probably lose games. Because that's, I mean, in their seven losses, so the Lakers are 21-7 now on the season. In their seven losses, I would say that they most of those losses have come from just lack of effort. I would say, like the the loss against the Sixers, maybe not lack of effort, maybe lack of effort on defense, but like a lot of it is just like missing shots, also. So it's like slow offense and lack of effort on defense is really what's hindering the Lakers. And even in these in some of these games that they're winning. They'll, they go down by 20 or 15 because they don't have the effort in the game, and then they they turn it on in, in the third quarter and the fourth quarter, and they win the game, whether it's in overtime or by 10 or by 1. You know, So I would say, like, at, really this, this Lakers team is so good that they're in control of almost every game they play in. And I would say that on Sunday night, you know, and, and who knows – also, like I think, playing in Denver with the with the elevation, um, I think that that does definitely have an effect on players. I think, especially, imagine playing in Denver with no fans, where you're like out of breath, you're getting dehydrated, um, you're the energy is just getting getting sucked out of you faster than it normally would. Especially being from Los Angeles, like playing almost at sea level. And then going up to Denver. And then, you know, you get all... Like, you're getting the... You're just getting dehydrated. The energy's being sucked out of you. Your second best player gets hurt in a way that, like, could be drastic for the rest of the season. Um, You know, it's kind of an understandable loss. I'm not super torn up about it. Again, it's really just one of those things where if the Lakers can learn anything from it, that'd be great you know and just it just proves to me that the Lakers are in control they control their effort 
their energy level, the effort they put in on defense. And the Lakers probably could have turned it up a little more on defense and made the game a closer game, but it is what it is. Lakers are 21-7 and now, second place in the West. Um, I would say, like, the one thing I will mention is I think that losing Anthony Davis and playing without Anthony Davis. So we've been playing without Anthony Davis for the last, I think he missed the two OKC games, and then he came back from Memphis. So playing against OKC without Anthony Davis, and then on Sunday night against the Nuggets, kind of proved to me that the Lakers could potentially have some issues with size down low. And this, this is something I've talked about before, where we have Marcus Gasol who can play defense. You know, he, he basically shut down Jokic when they, played the, when they played the Nuggets in Sable Center. He played great defense on Jokic. Um, Montrez, he plays big, but he's not a big guy. Like, people can out, he can get out-rebounded just because he's smaller than the guys that he's guarding. And then... Anthony Davis, he, you know, he's a big guy. He can he can fight when he wants to, but also sometimes he doesn't. Um, and then also, like, if he's injured, you know, like, so, sorry, going back to the Anthony Davis injury. So it came out, the news came out, he, so during the game, or just after the game, it came out that he, they said that he had re-aggravated his Achilles, the Achilles was swollen, no, you know, no signs of tearing at that moment. But they did mention that he would need an MRI on Monday. So yesterday, Anthony Davis underwent an MRI. And it looks like it's just a calf strain and Achilles, like, swelling in his Achilles. So good news. That's good news. I mean, I think this is the one time where I'm happy that Anthony Davis... Uh, overreacts to injuries because <laughs> his overreaction to his his overreaction to the injury um, made me think that made me made me think the worst, and then it turned out to not be that bad. So it's a calf strain with Achilles swelling. Obviously, like when there's any issue with the Achilles, that's still worrisome. Um, Lakers have some of the best training staff in the NBA, so I trust that he'll be well taken care of. I think with the with the calf strain, it's like a generally like a two to three week. Um, like he's out, he'll be out for two to three weeks. Woj is reporting that we shouldn't expect to see Anthony Davis play before the All Star break. So he'll definitely, he'll definitely miss a handful of games. It'll be a good test for the Lakers to see what they can do. Um, you know, they played the Nets on Thursday. They have some big games coming up. They play the Nets Thursday. They play the Utah Jazz at the end of February, who are currently in first place in the West. So it's unfortunate that we won't have Anthony Anthony Davis for those games just because um, those are two of the best teams in the NBA. It be, would be a good test for the Lakers. It would be nice to see the Lakers play them at full strength. But, you know, we can take what we can from those games uh, knowing that Anthony Davis will be out. So, bummer that he'll miss those two games because I was looking forward to, you know, seeing the Lakers at full strength against those guys, against those teams. But also, 
you know, I'd rather know that Anthony Davis will be coming back this season as opposed to being out for the entire season. So good news there. Um, still something to be weary of. You know, it's things like that. It's injuries like swelling and strains that can lead to worse injuries later down, later on down the road. So, you know, I'd much rather the Lakers struggle for a month or two, potentially, you know, depending on how long it takes them to recover. I'd rather, I'd rather see the Lakers struggle for, you know, a month, month and a half, two months, um, and have Anthony Davis back for playoffs than him for something and make it worse. So good news with Anthony Davis's injury. We'll see how the Lakers fare. You know, I think it'll be, this is a, it's a sign that I don't know. I mean, this is kind of what I was was what I, this is kind of what I was worried about in my last couple episodes talking about the Lakers size and stuff because now without without Anthony Davis, the only two big guys we have are Marcus Hall and Montrezl Harrell. And Montrezl Harrell's the same size as LeBron, so not that big, you know. But he plays big. So really the only big guy, like tall guy we have is Marcus Hall. So you know, well, it'll it'll be inter- interesting to see what the Lakers do. I did see a tweet last night that the Lakers could be interested in making a move for Mo Bamba from the Orlando Magic if he becomes available at the right price. It would have to be a cheap enough price. Like the Lakers wouldn't give up a ton for him, but if 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 it's the right price, the Lakers might make a move for him to try and get some more size. Um, you know, I, I've seen the Cavs are trying to deal Andre Drummond. You know, I think the price will be too high for him. I don't think it. I don't. I don't think it'd be worth it for the Lakers to make that move, because the price will just be too high for what they'd get. You know, because we're we're really just looking for someone that can replace. Not not replace Anthony Davis, but but play those big, big man minutes, for. You know, hopefully not longer than, two months, a month and a half. So maybe maybe a month. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Two to three weeks, he'll be reevaluated. We'll see what happens after then. Hopefully, it's you know if it's if they think he's good enough after two to three weeks, then that that'd be great. But again, don't want to reaggravate reaggravate anything. So we'll see what happens. But overall, good news that Anthony Davis is not done for the season, and the Lakers will we'll just have to play without him. We'll see how things go. I think I think they'll you know. They'll struggle against the good teams. They'll be they'll be fine without them against some of the bad teams. So the Lakers have a game tonight against the I think the Minnesota Timberwolves. So that that should be a game that the Lakers can win even without Anthony Davis. Um, we'll see how that game goes. And then on Thursday night the Lakers play the Nets. I think they play in Brooklyn, so they'll be playing away. And it'll be it'll be interesting. I mean I think the Lakers it'll be the the key for the Lakers to beat the Nets is really just stepping it up on defense. We'll see how much effort they want to put in in that game. If they don't put in effort, you know, the Lakers went down 20-2 against the Grizzlies in the first quarter. If the Lakers put in that same kind of effort against the Nets, they'll be down 35-0. to <laughs> I mean, the Nets are bad at defense, so maybe it'll be like 35-10. to But, like, they'll be – they're going to get – smoked on the offensive end if their defense they don't come into the game with defensive effort 
and if they don't, uh, you know, have it offensively. And then lastly, like, I'm just going to, you know, just, I was going to talk about the Utah Jazz. You know, I talked about them last episode, uh, mentioned that they're in first place, you know, wasn't sure at the time how serious they were in first place, if it was more of a fluke or if they were kind of there to stay. You know, so far it looks like they've been, they're there to stay. Um, they've beat the Celtics pretty handily. They beat the Bucks pretty handily. They beat the Sixers, and I think they play they play the Clippers next, or they play the Clippers twice coming up. So that'll be another good test. We'll see how they do. Um, and then they, and then the Lakers play them at the end of the month. So we'll see how that goes. I did realize that in my last episode I was mentioning the Utah Jazz players I mentioned Mike Conley and Rudy Gobert I even mentioned Jordan Clarkson but I failed to mention Donovan Mitchell so apologies to Donovan Mitchell as if he listened to this episode or to this podcast but (laughs) um but yeah no Donovan Mitchell he's been playing well he's obviously one of the one of their best players so I'm I'm an idiot for not remembering to mention him but yeah, between him, Rudy Gobert, Mike Conley, Jordan Clarkson last night had a 40-point game. Last last night was a crazy night around the league, speaking of around the league, for the Lakers, for the Lakers' like scouting department. Julius Randle had a 40-point game. Jordan Clarkson had a 40-point game. Um, I think there was someone else. I mean, D'Angelo Russell's been playing pretty well, and... Um, Oh, yeah, like Lonzo, uh, Brandon Ingram was the other guy, I think. So, Lakers scouting department, hats off to you guys. Um, Obviously, we traded some of those guys to get Anthony Davis, which I think is worth it. But, but yeah, good night for the Lakers scouting department, seeing Jordan Clarkson put up 40, Julius Randle put up 40 for the Knicks. Uh, Yeah, pretty fun night. It's always fun to see those guys. You know, even though I'm, I'm obviously a fan of the Lakers, and I want the Lakers to win no matter what, and I want the teams like the Jazz to lose. It is cool to see Jordan Clarkson get a good game play to play well. You know, it's cool to see Julius Randle playing well for the Knicks. Um, even you know, even with the Pelicans, it's fun to see Lonzo and Brandon Ingram uh, and Josh Hart play well. So pretty fun to see them do well last night. Um, but yeah, the Jazz seem like they're for real. They're they're. I think they only have six losses now. They're like 21 and six, 22 and six, something like that. So, I mean, the Lakers are still right around there. I think the Lakers are half a game behind or one game behind the uh, the Jazz now in second place in the Western Conference. So, it might be a battle for that one seed. I think the Lakers will uh, do with it what they can this season. You know, the fact that they're even playing as well as well as they are. When you look around at some of the other teams that have been ravished by COVID protocols and injuries and and just like energy and all that stuff, like the the Miami Heat, obviously they're, they're I think they're below 500 now. Um, the Denver Nuggets are right around 500 right now. So it's when you look at the teams that are that played deep into the postseason last season, um, it's really impressive that the Lakers are even as close as they are to that one seed in the west so i definitely have definitely have plans and hopes for the for the lakers to to snatch that one seed from the jazz but we'll it'll it'll be a battle we'll see what happens so 
until then, um, Lakers, Timberwolves, I hope I got that right, uh, happening tonight, Tuesday night, and then Lakers, Nets, Thursday night. We'll be back with another episode next Tuesday. Have a great day. Thanks for listening. Go Lakers. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Lakers Carpool. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review on Apple Podcasts and share it on social media with your friends. You can find the podcast on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or most places where you listen to podcasts. Again, thank you so much for listening, and go Lakers! Mm